But I love this guy right here. Let me give this guy a hug right here. I love this guy right here. Kanye West is what happens when Negroes don't read. What I saw was a minstrel show. This is a cartoonish situation. A man who's clearly not okay. This was an embarrassment. He's the token Negro. Kanye needs help. It was like watching a train wreck. Kanye's mother is rolling over in her grave. <laughs> Kanye West and the Black Wave. Mr. Reagan. People talk about the blue wave. They talk about the red wave. But what I want to talk about is the black wave. Kanye West is just one of many prominent black people that I've seen move from the left to the right in the past few years. So the other day, um, I was on a TV show. I was working on a TV show. And I was speaking to one of the extras. And, you know, I told this guy about the Mr. Reagan channel on YouTube. And now I almost never do that with anybody on set in Hollywood because Hollywood people, you know, as you guys know, are extremely hostile uh, to conservatives. But me and this guy had a, had a really good rapport and he had a great sense of humor. And it seemed like maybe he had some right-leaning views or he was at least open to hearing some things. So I kind of trusted him uh, enough to give him this information about me, right? Turns out that this guy is planning to vote in the next election on straight Republican ticket, and he's never voted Republican in his life. And this is a black guy, right? This is a black man working in Hollywood, right? Lifelong Democrat, black man working in Hollywood, and he's voting straight Republican ticket in the next election, in the midterms. And he said the straw that broke the camel's back was the Kavanaugh thing. He said that he could see through this fiasco that the unbelievable lengths that the left will go through to destroy a person on the right with zero evidence, zero reason, just political partisanship. And, you know, the guy was talking about how the media unjustly attacks Trump, and he was talking about you know, all kinds of stuff, just so unbelievably brilliant. He talked about the Democrat plantation. So this guy clearly was getting some spot-on information. And I actually asked the guy to be on this show, and the guy said, no way. Absolutely not. This guy was terrified about being outed as a conservative in Hollywood and even within the black community. He knew he would be vilified within these groups if he came out as a conservative. He told me that he was 100% he was in the closet. That's his quote, in the closet. He goes, I'm in the closet. I'm totally in the closet. And, you know, I respect that. I mean, for the most part, I'm in the closet here in Los Angeles, too. But here's the thing. I don't think he's the only black guy that's a closeted conservative right now. I've spoken to a lot of guys who think like him. I've spoken to a lot of Uber drivers like this, a lot of guys on set, and I've seen a lot of guys write comments in my comment section on my videos about this. And I think that we will witness, maybe not in the next election, but soon, a black wave. And this is going to be a powerful turning of the tide. I, I think that there are actually a ton of black men in America who are currently closeted conservatives. And here's the thing. Culturally, black people are conservative. Politically, they have been tricked into being Democrats for years because the Democrats keep, keep telling them that Republicans are racist. This is obviously a huge lie. But now, finally, black men are starting to wake up to it. So far, I haven't met a lot of black women who are waking up to this. However, my hope is that as the black men start shifting to the right, perhaps many of the women might follow suit. I think that a lot of this is the product of the internet. The Democrats can no longer keep crucial information out of the black community. Black men are, on their own time, seeking out good information about politics. They're self-educating. 
This is detrimental to the Democratic strategy of keeping their voters ignorant. I love that Kanye West wears that Make America Great Again hat. I love that he speaks brilliant truths on Saturday Night Live and that he goes to the White House and has meetings with Trump. I love all of this. Now, Kanye West is notoriously difficult to decrypt. This is because he tends to rant, and his rants tend to digress a gazillion times until finally coming back to his original point. He doesn't tend to clearly indicate these digressions, nor does he clearly indicate when he's getting back to his original point. So Kanye needs a translator. I am the translator. Jim Brown, greatest of all time. It's great to have you, Jim. Great to have you. Kanye, it's great to be with you. And these are two friends of mine, and Kanye's been a friend of mine for a long time. And Jim is... Jim came out of nowhere and he said, I like what the president's doing. A long time ago, we met, right? And I just appreciate it very much. But I appreciate everything with you. I tell you what, uh, Kim was in. Mrs. Johnson, we got her out. She was very unfairly treated. And there are many other people like that. that uh, yeah, we have Larry Hoover's we'll lawyer with us today. And it's uh, a prisoner that we're focused on. He has six life sentences, and they have him next to the Unabomber doing 23 and 1. What did he do, Larry? What happened? What, what did he do? Ozzie Yes, tell me. Tell us this. Allegedly, story. it's for a uh, conspiracy from uh, prison, from state prison. Uh, you know, it's alleged. But uh, we do believe, even if he did commit those crimes, the sentence was uh, overly broad and too much. What was the sentence? Six consecutive life sentences in the most secure prison in the world, also known as the clean version of hell. For basically an economic crime. What prison is that? Name the prison. ADX uh, Supermax in Florence, Colorado. Colorado. They house uh, the Unabomber, Al Qaeda operatives, mass killers, uh, Oklahoma City bomber, things of that nature. How old is he? How old? 68. 68 years old? Yeah, 68 years old. And really, the reason why they imprisoned him is because he started doing positive for the community. He started showing that he actually had power, that he wasn't just one of a monolithic voice, but he could wrap people around. So there's theories that there's infinite amounts of universe and there's alternate universe. So it's very important for me to get Hoover out because in an alternate universe, I am him. And I have to go and get him free because he was doing positive inside of Chicago. Kanye West is talking about a criminal gang kingpin by the name of Larry Hoover. From everything I've read about Hoover, he was 100% justly imprisoned. Uh, Kanye West is the type of political philosopher that is prone to believing in conspiracy theories. This is fairly common, in my experience, amongst people who smoke weed. That said, one should not merely dismiss everything that Kanye West says as the insane rantings of a conspiracy theorist pothead. It is interesting for me to watch Kanye West's development as a political philosopher. It seems like he's getting a lot of information, some of which makes sense and some of which does not. Now, I don't know where he's getting his information and that's really key to understanding Kanye West's ideas. I suppose he's getting information from a variety of sources. It seems like he has not yet developed a particularly sharp ability to discern rational political ideas from irrational political ideas. But that said, he is certainly getting some good information. The Larry Hoover information, on the other hand, 
is not, I don't think, good information. But full disclosure, I really don't know anything about Larry Hoover or that particular case. I just know what I briefly read on the internet. You know, people expect that if you're black, you have to be Democrat. This is a beautiful point that Kanye West makes. This is the fundamental point that has made Kanye West such a controversial figure in 2018. Kanye West believes that black people should not necessarily just be Democrats. A lot of celebrities, especially black celebrities, have gone after him for this pretty cruelly and brutally gone after him for this. But it's such an important point. And this is actually a conclusion that many, many black men in America have come to in the past couple of years. I mean, you've got Candace Owens, Anthony Brian Logan, Brandon Tatum, Diamond and Silk, and this kid, Quay Manuel. T-R-U-M-B, we're gonna drop Hillary! That's real sad. He's against you. Why would you support a racist? He's gonna send you back to Africa. That's what he said. Oh, oh I thought you lost out that rally. You see a lot of yeah, black people. Lot. You know what? The media won't show you that, though. You sure about that? Black people that he asked his, his security guards to kick out of the rally. Oh, and Bal Valdosta State? Yeah. Oh, yeah. they were protesting against him. He does the exact same thing to white people, too, so. Donald Trump is a hater. He's a racist. Okay. Against your people, I think, your I think, the, I think the Democratic Party founded the KKK, by the way. Just saying. He's not trying to divide us. Yes, he is. He's trying to unite us. Yes, he is. Just because his policies are not like yours doesn't mean he's not trying to unite us. Take that button off. It's not about black so lives matter. So why can you keep saying united? So don't say black lives matter. Black lives matter. All lives matter. And then you got the old timers, the, the decades old conservatives like Larry Elder and Herman Cain, and my personal favorite, Thomas Sowell. And I mean, th these are just a few of the influencers that seem to be actively promoting what I refer to as the black wave. Welfare is the reason why a lot of black people end up being Democrats. So the, the fathers lose the jobs and they say, we'll give you more money for having more kids in your home. And then we got rid of the mental health institutes in the 80s and the 90s and the prison rates just shot up. And now you have Chirac, what people call Chirac. You know, they tried to scare me to not wear this hat, my own friends. But this hat, it gives me, it gives me power in a way. You know, my dad and my mom separated, so I didn't have a lot of male energy in my home. And also, uh, I'm married to a family that, um, you know, <laughs> not a lot of male energy going on. It's beautiful though, but there's times where, you know, it's something about, you know, I love Hillary, I love everyone, right? But the campaign, I'm with her, just didn't make me feel as a guy that didn't get to see my dad all the time, like a guy that could play catch with his son. It was something about when I put this hat on, it made me feel like Superman. You made a Superman, that was, that's my favorite superhero. And you made a Superman cape. Superman is also my favorite superhero. What Kanye West is saying here in this long, rambling, seemingly nonsensical diatribe is actually very similar to the things that Jordan Peterson has been saying. He's just saying it in Kanye West speak. Essentially, Kanye West is saying that for him, masculinity is positive and essential. He's saying that masculine leadership feels solid and that it's something he can look up to and respect. And that is a very profound thing to say. Actually, it wouldn't be profound at all were we living in America 60 or 70 years ago, but our society has lost respect for male leadership. It has lost respect even for the simple strength of masculinity. Feminists have been trying so hard to usurp the values that masculinity brings to society that they've convinced our culture that female empowerment means that male leadership is somehow evil. No one ever says any longer that they think a man would be a better leader than a woman. 
that would be sexist in our culture. But maybe it's not sexist. Maybe it's generally true. Maybe Kanye West is onto something. I've actually never really thought about this, but men have always been the head of the family for generations, generations upon generations upon generations into antiquity. Men have always been the head of the family. So it makes sense that human beings have adopted genetically to flourish within those parameters. So there may be ways in which our brains perceive the world that actually function better with a male leader. And this makes a lot of sense. Historically, if a man was a strong father, the child feels safe at night that he won't be killed. safe environment, the child is free to explore various things that he might not feel free to explore if he's constantly worried about physical attack. Furthermore, if a child has a strong father, he listens to that father, he obeys the father and learns from that father. Now, all these things can be said about the mother too. However, studies show that the impact of the father on the outcome of the child seems to be more important. Now, there's a lot of theories as to why this is. We don't really know. I have a theory that this could all be in part because children tend to spend so much time with the mother that the respect that they have for her wanes more quickly than it does for the father, whom they probably see only in the evenings and on the weekends or historically whenever the father came home from the hunt or his travels or from whatever work it is that he did. Now, perhaps this is unfair, perhaps you don't like this, but perhaps it's true that our society feels more comfortable with a man as the head of the country, as the head of the company, as the head of the village, the city, the state. Now, there have been some phenomenally successful female leaders. Look at Golda Meir, look at Margaret Thatcher. These were incredibly strong women. These were solid matriarchs that we can all look back and respect. However, Kanye was being very honest here. He was saying something that we're not allowed to say in this country anymore, but it's something that I think we should all be allowed to say because these are his true feelings. This is genuinely how he perceives the world. And you know what? That's something he should feel free to express. He said that he didn't feel powerful standing behind Hillary Clinton, but that when he put on the Make America Great Again hat, that he felt like he was putting on a Superman cape. That hat gave him power. I love that. Donald Trump has been a great leader. Kanye West sees that. Kanye West, for all his eccentricities, you might call him crazy, you might call him stupid, but that man is smart enough to align himself with a great man. He recognizes the failures of the left. He recognizes the lies of the left, and he's aligning himself with truth, with success, with strength. And for the record, I love that Kanye West's favorite superhero is Superman. The fictional characters that you love don't need to be the same skin color as you. The fictional characters that you love don't need to be the same gender as you. This whole idea that we need to take every superhero from every comic book ever written and make them black or make them gay or make them into a woman, it's just stupid. It's unnecessary. It's absurd. If you're a film producer and you're black or you're Asian or you're gay or you're a woman and you want a legendary, iconic character that represents you, just hire me. I'll write this character for you and it will be amazing. It will be an original character, and it will be so much better than the cultural ransacking that's been going on for the last 20 years. For me, also as a guy that looks up to you, looks up to Ralph Lauren, looks up to American industry guys, non-political, no bull and just goes in and gets it done. Right now, you gave me the heart to go to Adidas, because at Adidas, we had a meeting in Chicago, and I said, you have to bring manufacturing 
onshore. I, I mean, this Adidas thing made me a billionaire and I could have lost $200 million walking away from that deal. But it was more important for me to take the chance of walking away from that deal than to have no fathers in Chicago with no homes. It's more important than any specific deal, any, anything that we bring jobs into America. This is another tricky one to decipher, but I'll try. What Kanye is saying here is that when he made his deal with Adidas to produce and distribute the Yeezy clothing line, which honestly, I didn't even know about until I was watching this video, he made it clear that much of the business of Yeezy had to go through Chicago. And I looked it up and there is Yeezy offices in Chicago. The point Kanye is trying to make is that he made it clear that for the deal with Adidas to go through, it was necessary for him that Yeezy business, <laughs> Yeezy, <laughs> funny name, uh, create jobs in Chicago. And because of that insistence, some black men have jobs in Chicago that otherwise might not have had jobs. This, Kanye suggests, keeps them out of prison. It makes it so that the children of those men can grow up with fathers. Now, I don't know how many jobs the Yeezy company in Chicago has produced for the citizens of the city, but that logic is sound. If you create a business in America, especially in poor regions of America, and you create manufacturing jobs or unskilled labor jobs, or you know, you create all kinds of positions for all levels of education and skill, you will reduce your unemployment rate. You could potentially lower the crime rate. You could keep families together. What Kanye is saying here is absolutely right and quite brilliant. And that we provide a transition with mental health in the American education curriculum that a gym has worked on. Larry Hooper also has a curriculum that he's worked on. We have Montessori curriculums that we worked on. WeWorks has a beautiful curriculum. The Waldorf um, establishment has a curriculum. Uh, we have meditation. Now, the mental health thing in America really isn't my issue. I have a friend, a very strong far-left Democrat, who this is her issue. I mean, she had a trauma many years ago, and this caused her to have some social problems, and that she was committed to, like, a mental institution. She's this, like, super strong advocate for mental health reform and stuff like that. And I do think that we, we still haven't found a workable solution to dealing with people with severe mental health problems in America. I do think that we will eventually, but it is a shame that it's not on more people's radar. And Kanye West is here advocating for just this sort of thing. In an indirect way, he's really advocating for the privatization of schools in America, school choice. And that is one of my primary issues. He lists a number of privately owned schools that, um, and I, I didn't know this, but apparently they have some kind of mental health education built into their curriculums. And I mean, in all honesty, I didn't bother to fact check this, but if what Kanye is saying is right, that's pretty cool. There's a lot of things affecting our mental health that makes us do crazy things that puts us back into that trap door called the 13th Amendment. I did say abolish with the hat on because why would you keep something around that's a trap door? If you build in the floor, the Constitution is the base of our, of our industry, right, of, of, our of our country, of our company. Would you build a trap door that if you mess up and you accidentally something happens, you fall and you end up next to the Unabomber? You end up, you got to remove all that trap door out of the relationship. The four gentlemen that wrote the 13th Amendment, um, and I think the way the universe works, it's perfect. We don't have 13 floors, do we? Okay, here is where conspiracy theorist Kanye West reemerges. This is part of the diatribe I don't really understand at all. Clearly, Kanye West has heard from somebody that the 13th Amendment has been detrimental to the lives of black Americans. I don't really know where he's coming from here, but... Kanye West does not speak in such a way to convey information to other people. Kanye West 
does not say, how might I speak that will make sense to the person I'm speaking to? Kanye West speaks in such a way that makes sense to Kanye West. So if the person Kanye West is speaking to has not read the same article he has, or has not seen the same YouTube videos he has, or really has no idea what he's talking about, Kanye West does not introduce those ideas to the person. He just talks about those ideas as if everybody else has seen the same videos he has or read the same articles. In this case, he, for whatever reason, believes that the 13th Amendment is bad for black people, and he speaks in such a way that assumes everybody else knows what he's talking about. But nobody knows what he's talking about. <laughs> I'm actually willing to accept that he might be right about this. I, I, I don't think he's right. I think it sounds completely insane, but I'm willing to consider it. But I have to know what he's talking about. When he talks about buildings not having 13 floors, he's referring to an old tradition of not putting a 13th floor in buildings. Building owners used to indulge the superstition that the number 13 was unlucky. I think this was so that they wouldn't have to ever rent out office space or apartments on the 13th floor to anyone because the number 13, you know, superstitious people might find those apartments or those office spaces less desirous. And then these building owners would have to rent out those spaces at a lower cost than they would have ordinarily been able to rent them out to if they had another floor number. So historically, tall buildings have no 13th floor. They have a 12th floor and they have a 14th floor. It's ridiculous. Obviously, the 14th floor is a 13th floor. They just call it the 14th floor. It's ridiculous. But it's, it's a true thing in history. So that's what Kanye West was referring to when he said buildings have no 13th floor. And so the U.S. Constitution should have no 13th Amendment. It's kind of a silly point. I think he knows it's a silly point. He's like laughing when he says it. But when Kanye West is speaking in a stream of consciousness kind of way, he doesn't really tend to censor himself. But getting back to the main point about the 13th Amendment having some kind of trap door, I really don't understand that at all. He again references this guy Larry Hoover when he says that the trap door leads to, you know, going to a prison with the Unabomber. You know, that's something he talked about earlier in his visit with Trump. And so he's referring to that. But but yeah, I, I don't get, yeah, I, I don't get why he doesn't like the 13th Amendment. <laughs> I don't get it. I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. I was connected with a neuropsychologist that works with the athletes in the NBA and the NFL. And he, he looked at my brain. It's equal on three parts. I'm going to go ahead, drop some bombs for you. 98 percentile IQ test. I had a 75 percentile of all human beings, but it was counting eight numbers backwards after it was repeating. So I'm going to work on that one. The other one's 98 percent Tesla Freud. He said that I actually wasn't bipolar, I had sleep deprivation, which could cause dementia 10 to 20 years from now where I wouldn't even remember my son's name. So all this power that I got, and I'm taking my son to the Sox game and all that, I wouldn't be able to remember his name from a misdiagnosis. Okay, this one's pretty straightforward. I suspect most people could follow this, but never underestimate Kanye West's ability to confuse people. So I'm gonna break this one down as well. Basically, Kanye West is saying that he he was misdiagnosed as having bipolar disorder. He went to some kind of neuroscientist, and this guy gave him a bunch of IQ tests. According to Kanye West, he scored in the 98th percentile in most of the tests. But on one of the tests, he did absolute crap, which dropped his total IQ score to something like the 75th percentile. So excluding that one terrible test, according to what he's saying, the aggregate of the other tests have put him in the 98th percentile of IQ. It's kind of funny that he explains it also precisely. He says, I did crappy on this one test where I had to count eight numbers backwards, so I'm going to work on that. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of hilarious, and I love that. And then he randomly says the name Nicholas Tesla and Sigmund Freud. And I think what he's trying to say is that, that his IQ was equivalent to Nikola Tesla's or Sigmund Freud's. 
So, you know, then he goes on to say that he has sleep deprivation. And according to this neuroscientist, sleep deprivation can cause dementia later in life. Kanye West, believing that he is now appropriately diagnosed as having sleep um, deprivation, believes that had he... He treated the bipolar disorder, which he now believes he does not have. He would have neglected the sleep deprivation and then would have surely got dementia. So he's angry that he was misdiagnosed, which is actually a pretty reasonable thing. I would like to say that I don't think Kanye West's sleep deprivation is the only problem for him. I also believe his massive amount of marijuana smoking has done terrible things to his brain. I am radically against marijuana. So we can empower pharmaceuticals, we can empower our industries, we can empower our factories, we can bring not only Adidas on shore, we can bring Foxconn to set up a factory in, I think, Minnesota, 53,000. Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. They have 4,000 jobs, people making $53,000 a year. And one of the things we got to set is Ford to have the highest design, the flyest, freshest, most amazing car. And what we want to start with is this right here is the iPlane 1. It's a hydrogen-powered uh, airplane, and this is what our president should be flying in. Look at this, Jerry. So get rid of Air Force One. Can we get rid of Air Force One? No, you don't like that. Well, well we're going to have Apple, an American company, work on this plane with. So here, Kanye West goes back to the America First stuff, which I love. Kanye West is kind of funny. He's, he's a lot like Trump in a way. They're both advocating doing work in America for American jobs and for the general betterment of the nation. But all the while they're saying, America first, America first, they're also promoting themselves, which is kind of hilarious. Kanye West says, we should do everything here in America with American companies. And here, look at my design for a new plane that's going to revolutionize flight. <laughs> we should go with America first, but we should also go with Kanye West designs. <laughs> And then he shows this design around the office, and Trump turns to his advisors, and this is the best bit. Trump turns to his advisors, and he says, like, uh, can we get rid of Air Force One? Can we do that? Can we get rid of Air Force One? Can we get rid of Air Force One? No, you don't like that. Everybody laughs. I mean, it's pretty funny. You can really see how Donald Trump deals with other people in this meeting. I really don't think that Trump even understands a lot of what Kanye West is saying, but he, he lets him speak. And, and, and even when Kanye West says something mildly outlandish, like, you should be flying this... Donald Trump goes with it. He turns to his advisor. He says, can we get rid of Air Force One? I mean, it's great. It's exactly the right thing to say. You can see how he can negotiate with all these big business guys and these foreign leaders and win so much. I mean, he's just, it's not even that he's charismatic or that he's like smart. He's just doing things correctly. He's just doing it right. And you can see that is the correct response to that, you know, outlandish kind of like, request by Kanye. It's it's perfect. It's absolutely right. I mean, all these these like mainstream media people who are just like, oh, Trump's not really a good negotiator. Come on, man. He's a good negotiator, clearly. But you know what I don't like about, it's not that I don't like, what I, what I need Saturday Night Live to improve on or what I need the liberals to improve on is if he don't look good, we don't look good. This is our president. He has to be the freshest, the flyest, the flyest planes, the best factories. We have to bring jobs into America because our best export is entertainment and ideas. But when we make everything in China and not in America, then we're cheating on our country. And we're putting people in positions to have to do illegal things to end up in the cheapest factory ever, the, uh, the prison system. I'll tell you what, that was pretty impressive, folks. <laughs> Kanye West wraps this whole thing up 
with a reiteration of his major point, which is that he believes that creating American jobs is the best way to keep black men out of prison. And this is a really good point. Kanye West is absolutely right. He also says that when Trump looks good, we all look good. You know, because Donald Trump is our president. It's a really good point. We need to stop ridiculing Donald Trump. Reporters need to stop saying that he's stupid. Comedians need to stop saying he's a clown. And Hollywood needs to start recognizing that he's a great leader. They need to stop trying to tear him down. When they tear Trump down, they tear America down. I mean, it's not good for our country. And I know, I know for a fact that most of the beliefs that Europeans hold about America come from Hollywood. I talk to a lot of people from around the world, and particularly from Europe, and I know where they get their information. I know what their ideas are, and everything that they think about America comes from Hollywood. They think all Republicans are racist, they think Donald Trump is evil, they think Trump is an idiot. It's actually a terrible thing for America. I never thought I would say this, but everybody in America needs to listen to Kanye West. So you, you had said of, of President Bush that he doesn't care about black people. And you, you've heard some people say that about this president. What do you, how do you respond to that? What do you make of that? I think we need to care about all people. And I believe that when I went on to NBC, I was very emotional and I was programmed to think from a victimized mentality. You know, we talk about uh, police, uh, uh, murders, which we definitely have to discuss, and we have to uh, bring nobility to the to the police officers and make them, because police officers are just like us. But this is this whole hate building, right? And that's a, a major thing about racial tension. And we also, as black people, we have to take a responsibility for what we're doing. We kill each other more than uh, police officers. And that's not saying that the police officer is not an issue because they are in a place, a position of power. So a lot of times a police officer is sitting there, they're being forced to do this and forced to do that block, and then they force somebody into something and force something. We have to release the love throughout the entire country. One of the moves that I love that liberals tried to do, the liberal will try to control a black person through the concept of racism because they know that we are very proud, emotional people. So when I said I like Trump to like someone that's liberal, they'll say, oh, but he's racist. You think racism can control me? Oh, that don't stop me. That's an invisible wall. Okay, this is a long one. Kanye West has addressed the George Bush hates black people comment. Actually, he and George Bush eventually became friends, and he no longer believes George Bush was ever a racist or anything like that. I mean, this was kind of a silly thing for the reporter to ask. That reporter is, of course, Jonathan Carl of ABC News. Kanye West essentially says that he was, at that point, when he said that comment, brainwashed by the left to have a victim mentality. He then goes on a little bit of a digression to discuss the Black Lives Matter cop-killing black men thing. And basically, Kanye West thinks that cops are people too. He thinks that black people kill each other at much higher rates than cops kill black people. All 100% accurate. But he also pointed out that police have positions of power, and therefore, they need to have that power checked. They need to have their behavior overseen in some way. At least that's kind of what I gathered from what he was saying. I 100% agree with that. I think that a lot of times cops abuse the power that they have. I don't think it's necessarily from racism, I just think that when people have power, they'll often abuse that power. And I think this, this happens a lot with police officers. One of my best friends from childhood is was a police officer for many, many years. And I actually asked him about that. And he said, oh yeah, there's a lot of guys who were high school bullies, didn't know what to do after school, became police officers, and just kept bullying people. And I think that that is actually 
the big problem we have with the police in this country. It's not really that they're racist. He then jumped back into his main point, and he says probably the most profound thing stated in this entire meeting. He says the word racism is used to control black people. This is such a profound statement. He also says that he doesn't let the word racism control him. I absolutely love this. He calls out a reprehensible tactic of the left, and then he stands up defiantly against it. I could not possibly be more impressed with the words of this man. Actually, Kanye uses a term that I also use. He uses the term invisible wall. I actually don't use that term exactly, and, and I think it's kind of the opposite of what he means. I actually use the term an imaginary wall. But basically, we're both talking about the same thing. The concept is this. If you tell black kids you're never going to make it because white people won't let you because they're all racist, this creates the illusion of a barrier between them and success. This is an unbelievably cruel thing to do to an entire culture. It's especially cruel to do it to your own culture. If you tell a minority culture within a society that the rest of society won't let you succeed, when in fact the rest of society will let them succeed, you are actually creating the barrier between your subculture and success. The only wall that exists between them and progress is the imaginary one that you erected in their minds. It's the illusion of a wall. It's what Kanye West calls the invisible wall. You know, I've always said, uh, me and Kanye West, pretty much the same, same guy. <laughs> but you don't think you, you, you reject oh, saying he's you, you have one question, we can go to another question. Okay. I answered your question. I don't answer questions in simple sound, sound bites. You, you are tasting a fine wine. It has multiple <laughs> notes to it. You better play 4D chess with me like it's Minority Report. Because it ain't that simple. It's complex. Mr. President. <laughs> I have nothing to say about this. This is just Kanye being Kanye. I love it. I'm from the Chicago Sun-Times, so I would like to know what you would like to ask President Trump to do for Chicago. You're here to talk about crime in Chicago. The, the thing that, um, that the uh, head of the police and um, Mike Sachs met with me last night at the Soho House about was we feel that stop and frisk uh, does not help the relationships in the city. And everyone that knew I was coming here said, ask about stop and frisk. That's, that's, that's uh, the number one thing that we're uh, having this conversation about. This is pretty self-explanatory. Kanye thinks stop and frisk is a problem. He wants Trump to put an end to it. I don't actually think it's a problem. I, I would actually say we need more stop and frisk, but I do agree with him that the actions of police officers need to be supervised to some extent, and maybe they should go through some kind of, you know, don't be an a-hole training. I've actually been stopped several times by police. One time I was riding on a bicycle and I was held in the back of a police car for about an hour. This kind of thing is unacceptable. To this day, I have no idea why they thought this was a good idea. There were, there were two cop cars, there were four cops. I was stopped, I was frisked, and I was detained. One hour. Totally unacceptable. I honestly don't understand why cops do that kind of thing. I mean, I guess they were trying to scare me or something or make me think that their authority was to be respected. I don't know. I wasn't being disrespectful. I was riding a bicycle. I mean, I can see why somebody would feel that this kind of thing is totally unjust. But if they can do the stop and frisk thing quickly and efficiently, and if they can be friendly and kind about it, then I think they should actually do more of it because they should be looking for bad guys. And if the bad guys congregate in a particular neighborhood, you know, stop and frisk can lead them to major criminals. I'm not saying it's the best solution in the world. I actually don't think stop and frisk is the problem. I think I think showing respect to decent people is actually the biggest problem. I don't think policemen show the proper respect that they need to show to individuals that they pull over who have actually done nothing wrong. Routine traffic stop. 
Treat them with respect. All the cops out there should. And they, you know what they always say when you tell them to do that? They say, well, we're risking our lives. We're risking our lives. It's like, it's dangerous. It's dangerous to go out there. Okay, fine. If it's too dangerous to be polite, to be kind to people who have not broken the law, then you should not be a police officer. If you're too scared to be kind to somebody who's literally not a criminal, who's literally done nothing wrong, you should quit being a police officer right now and go do a different job because that's cowardly. All right. Any any policeman who just leverages his his authority just to feel good about himself, to feel like a big man, should not be a police officer. And I know that there are truly good policemen because one of my best friends from childhood was one. He was a very good man and he did a lot of good work. But I think that there are just too many bad policemen. And so these these people need to be somehow figured out and got rid of because they make the police force look bad. I would like to say that I love the police force, but I don't. If I'm in a car and I see a policeman pull in behind me, I'm terrified that I'm going to get a ticket. And I shouldn't feel that way because I'm, I'm a decent citizen who's not trying to break the law, who's trying to do all the right things. And yet sometimes I, I've, I've had bad run-ins with cops. The police are there to serve and protect. They're not there to make money and antagonize. What about gun violence with all the debate about the Second Amendment going on? The problem is illegal guns. Illegal guns is the problem. Not, not, not legal guns. We have the right to bear arms. President so, Trump has said that he favors stop and frisk. Are you guys going to be discussing that? Do you think you can change the mind? Yes, yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to discuss I didn't mean to put you no, on no, blast okay. like that, bro, but it's definitely... Uh, I'm open-minded. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mr. President, would you like him to speak at one of your rallies? He can speak for me anytime he wants. He's been a great guy. He's a smart cookie. Smart. He gets it. These two guys, Jim Brown, he's been doing this for a long time. Is this a future presidential candidate? Uh, could very well be. I love this statement. The problem is illegal guns, not legal guns. I think Kanye might be my new hero. <laughs> Trump is on his hero's journey right now, and he might not have expected to have a crazy mother like Kanye West run up and uh, support, but best believe we are going to make America great. Now, the thing is, my, another thing is black people have an issue with the word again. And I believe my feeling from that is because it, it, it hurts us because we need to focus on who we are now, today, I, I believe. So I actually brought some hats in that have a bit of a transition. I'm not, not trying to put you up there in the spot a little bit. I made a hat uh, that says make America great. Just that. Wow. There is a lot to unpack here, as they say. Kanye starts out by saying that he knows people think that he's crazy and that Donald Trump may not be prepared for him to be a supporter of his, but he is absolutely a strong supporter of Donald Trump, whether Trump likes it or not. <laughs> he then goes on to talk about how black people don't like the word again in the phrase make America great again. He makes the point that basically that black people think that America was never great because black people didn't have all the same rights uh, as white people had for many, many years. And you know what? This has been a criticism of the phrase make America great again for a very long time. People say, well, when you say make America great again, you're suggesting that it was great maybe in the 80s or the 50s or the 19th century or sometime in which it was only great for white men. And I've discussed this in other videos, but but I'll make, a, I'll make the point here again. There are ways in which America was once great that no longer apply today. There are also ways in which Americans suffered historically that do not apply today. This is true for black people, white people, women, men, people of all stripes. So when we say make America great again, it's not to suggest that America was once great in every conceivable way possible. It is to say that we want to regain those elements that once helped to make America great 
that we have now lost. The left seems to believe that there is nothing of value in history. They seem to think that everything of value that exists currently in the world was developed in the last few years. They seem to think that, that only in the future will we have greatness. They, they look back through history and they see only oppression, violence, and struggle. They think that everybody had it terrible except for white men who are all rich and slapping each other on the back, smoking cigars, laughing at the expense of women and minorities. I mean, it, okay, it's stupid, all right? The left's vision of history is wrong, okay? I'm just going to put it like that. People on the left have just been miseducated on history. They just don't know real history. And so they have these perceptions that are wrong, right? And and people on the right say, okay, yeah, there were bad things in history, but there were great things in history that we have forgotten, that we've dismissed, you know? Like, we used to be a lot more religious, this country. And so a lot of people, I think, that are talking about making America great again are talking about going back to being a more ethical country. I think that's the primary reason why people feel like Make America Great Again is a great slogan. I don't think they think it's Make America More White. I don't think they think it's Make America More Patriarchal. I mean, I've never met anybody who's like, oh yeah, Make America Great Again for white men. You know, <laughs> everybody, everybody I talk to who's, who wants to make America great again genuinely want to make everybody wealthy and make everybody happy and make everybody, you know, give everybody the opportunity to have a nice house and a white picket fence and a, and a beautiful cultivated garden and lawn and two or three TVs and a couple of cars and, you know, whatever it is that you think that would be sort of an ideal living situation for an upper middle class person. That's what people want when they say make America great again. They want that for everyone, right? So that tends to be, I think, what people are thinking when they think of that slogan and they're on the right. Let me ask you this question. You're in the Oval Office. Okay. How does it feel to be in the Oval Office? Oh, it is good energy in this. Isn't it good energy? Yeah. It's good energy. It's a great place. Jim, how do you feel? I feel good. Yeah. yeah. I truly feel good. Yeah. I thank you, too. You're so respected. And what Kanye's doing has been incredible. All over the world, they're talking about this. And I have to tell you, I had important meetings today with senators and with everything. Nobody cared. They wanted this meeting. This is the meeting. Is that right? I can say that to John. Uh, no, the others were good, right? But this is what they want. Well, it's my honor, Jim. I want to tell you, I've been a fan of yours for a long time. A long time. Nobody like you. Nobody like you. No athlete like you. Well, you know why I'm here? I'm here to serve. Yeah, it's really nice, man. I'm not here to ask for anything. Well, and you know, that's always been the way Jim has been for a long time. And he just wanted to help, and it's it's something special. Steve, go ahead. What do you want this meeting to lead to in terms of... Uh, honestly, from our standpoint, this was just set up to be a lunch of two people that I like, and I guess they like me. And we're going to have lunch, we're going to talk. You said, you said, I guess you know I love you. I know. Did, did I, did but I, I don't want to take, I don't want to put you in that spot. But. No, I'm, I'm standing in that spot. I love this guy right here. Let me give this guy a hug right here. I love this guy right here. Yeah, come here. That's really nice. And that's from the heart. I didn't want to put you in that position. But, but that's from the heart. Special guy. These two are special people. Whether you like it, whether you don't like it, they're special people. And I appreciate it, Jim, Kanye, I appreciate it. So let's go have some lunch. I love this. They end the whole thing in a hug. Kanye West says he loves Donald Trump. I mean, how could you not love this meeting? 
This is just all positivity and camaraderie. How the left can turn this into a negative is beyond my understanding. The things that they said about Kanye West having visited Donald Trump and all that love and positivity between them, the left should be unbelievably ashamed of themselves. I mean, I don't even, it doesn't even seem like they watched the same meeting that I watched. I mean, I haven't heard a single news organization comment about the substance of the meeting. If you want to know the substance of the meeting, you have to watch a Mr. Reagan video, some obscure conservative political analyst on YouTube. That should not be so. CNN should be covering the substance of that meeting. They should have somebody who's able to decipher Kanye West's diatribe, and they should do what I did here. But they don't. You know, they, they call him the most vulgar, horrible things. Things that I cannot say as a white man in America without being called a racist. Yet because they are leftist to black people, they think that it's within their rights to say these vulgar and horrible and, most importantly, untrue things about Kanye West. Kanye West is what happens when Negroes don't read. What I saw was a minstrel show. This is a cartoonish situation. A man who's clearly not okay. This was an embarrassment. He's the token Negro. Kanye needs help. It was like watching a train wreck. Kanye's mother is rolling over in her grave. <laughs> You know, I think that everyday black men in America will see the way that Kanye West is being treated and they will think twice about trusting these news organizations. So, I don't know, hopefully it backfires on them. And hopefully I'm right about this black wave. And I genuinely think that it will happen. I mean, based on all the conversations I've had, I mean, a lot of times these things start out as inaction, right? So you'll have a large body of people who have a certain political idea, but maybe they are afraid to act on it. So their form of action is actually inaction, right? So instead of voting Republican, they're just not voting Democrat. So I think it's possible that in this midterm, we'll just see an incredibly low turnout amongst black men. And then maybe in the next election after that, when they have the opportunity to actually vote for Trump, I think that's when we're really going to see the big wave, right? We're going to see a lot more black men voting for Donald Trump in the next election than we saw in the last election. So anyway, that's it for me. I sort of redid my Patreon, so there's a series of tiers now with, with different incentives. If you're interested in contributing to the channel and helping to spread reason and rationality around the world, uh, please consider donating to the Patreon. It's, uh, the link for that is down in the description. If you like this video, please hit the like button. If you wanna see more videos like this, please subscribe. And if you hate me, you're probably Don Lemon. Good night. Mr. President, in talking about the continuing recession tonight, you have blamed mistakes of the past, and you have blamed the Congress. Does any of the blame belong to you? Yes, because for many years I was a Democrat. There are going to be millions of Democrats that are going to vote with us this time around, because they too want that promise kept. It was a promise for less government and less taxes and more freedom for the people.